What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC, and it's that time of year. It is SEC tournament time, and we're going to break it all down with our buddy Blake Lovell from southeastern14.com. Who needs a win badly this week? Who's on the bubble? We're going to talk all about it with Blake. Locked On SEC starts right now. You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Chris Gordy here with you. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We've got plenty to get into today, so let's dive right into it. Let's welcome in our guest. He's Blake Lovell, host on uh, Southeastern14.com. They do articles. They do videos. They break it all down for you over there at Southeastern14. And fun fact, Blake, one-time host of Locked On SEC, a <laughs> while back. Blake, welcome in, man. How are you? Yeah, doing well, Chris. Thanks for having me on. So so let's dive right into it, Blake. Uh, obviously, there are some teams. We've seen the bracketology. I know you dive into the net ratings all the time on, you know, who needs, uh, who needs a win and all that. So I'll just pose it to you uh, here right off the top. Who in the SEC needs a win this week in the SEC tournament? Yeah, I think there's two teams in particular. I, I mean, I, I think Mississippi State is, is one of those teams now. You know, they're on the last four in line uh, for a lot of people. And, you know, that's being generous, right? Because you don't know what's going to happen behind you. So uh, if anytime you sit in that spot, um, you know, it's kind of one of those situations where I think you look at it and um, you need to win. You don't need to give the committee any reason to put you out with a loss. And I think Mississippi State is not to the point to where they can afford a loss, especially to a team like Florida who's not in the field. Um, So, I think Mississippi State needs to get a win, at least one. I don't think it's going to take two, but, boy, you feel a lot better if you get a win over Alabama. Um, but So I think they, they are definitely in that category. Vanderbilt, it's, it's a longer haul now. Um, you know, if you'd asked me a couple of days ago, I probably would have said I think two could get them in um, just because one would be over Kentucky. But the problem now becomes, again, what's happened around them. A team like Penn State, I think, has moved up with a big win. Um, other teams that are kind of around them. So it may take three. Honestly, it may take winning the tournament. I think it depends on who you ask with Vanderbilt. So those are the only two teams right now to me that are in that spot. I think everyone else, Auburn, Arkansas, those teams have done their work. Um, So, yeah, I think everyone else is probably good. I wanted to go to Auburn next because, man, it – you know, so much promise as a team that was uh, preseason, uh, you know, top 25 team and all this kind of stuff. And, man, they just hit a skid where, where things just went sideways and all that. But what do you make of this Auburn team? Because I guess, you know, as a whole, the last couple of weeks have not been pretty. No, it hasn't. And I think one of the things they're doing better, and, and this may help them a little bit move forward, they are starting to shoot the ball better. And, and I think that's kind of been one of their biggest issues all year is they really haven't been able to give you much uh, outside of, you know, making twos and getting to the free throw line. But they're, the overall number, I think they're still shooting like 31%, but they've actually corrected that in, in some of their, you know, recent games. They started to make more shots from outside. And maybe that's the encouraging part. I just don't think they have – 
I think it is a lot about their offense. Defensively, they're still really good. But, I mean, if we think about the team last year, right, you had two guys like Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler who could just impact the game in a significant way. Obviously, Jabari Smith, both on both ends. But really, you look at Kessler defensively, the shot blocking, Smith being that just go-to score you can rely on at any time. They've got a lot of good offensive players, but do they just have that guy that can take over it at a moment's notice? Wendell Green's probably the closest thing to that. But, you know, I just think that's it for, for them, is, is they will hit some walls offensively, and, and that's they have to rely on offensive rebounds, being able to get to the free throw line. Um, and, you know, I just I think if they can just shoot the ball better, they're going to be okay. But, unfortunately, like you just said, they put themselves in a position where they're probably going to be a 9 or 10 seed and, you know, obviously, you know, the matchup there, they're matching up with a one or two in the second round. But, uh, it doesn't really work out all that well. Yeah, the uh, that, that win over Tennessee, I thought, was was huge for them because they will really be uh, stumbling into this thing. It is interesting. They play a team like uh, a team in Arkansas that, you know, is almost uh, I don't want to say they're mirror of each other, but Arkansas, <laughs> another team that came into the season with such high hopes. And we know they've had injuries and Nick Smith, the, the dynamic freshman, had been banged up and all that. But. Um, what do you make of this Arkansas team coming into the tournament on a three-game losing streak? Yeah, Arkansas is a team that I I don't have a great answer on why they are where they are. Um, you know, it's kind of been an odd season because you go back to the beginning, um, they started really well, even without Nick Smith. And then, of course, Trevin Brazil um, got injured out for the year. I thought that was a significant blow. Uh, but now it's like, you know, you've been waiting for that moment to get Nick Smith back, and now they do have him back. I mean, really, he didn't play much against Mississippi State or A&M. They lost those two games, but, you know, they come and blow out Florida and Georgia, but, you know, they haven't been able to kind of win the games against good teams that you thought maybe that would be the difference. Is His comeback would help them win some of those games. But really, all they've done is lose the State, A&M, Bama, Tennessee, Kentucky. So, you know, the last five NCAA tournament teams they played, they lost all of them. And so it has been disappointing in that regard, I think, Maybe I say honestly, I think some of it's just the intangibles. Like this team has a lot of talent, just they don't maybe have the intangibles of what last year's team had. You know, with a JD Note, with with guys like Stanley Amude and Audis Tony, and you know, guys who just completely buy it into what their role is going to be. Not saying these guys haven't, but it's just not all coming together. And, and I don't know if it's a chemistry thing, um, you know, something like that. It, it, there's a lot of I think potential answers. I just think it's hard to know what it is for Arkansas right now. Like hang tight one second. We're going to get to uh, some of the big dogs here in the SEC in just a second, like Kentucky and uh, Alabama and Tennessee. Uh, but first, I want to remind you guys about our uh, this episode is presented to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Of course, uh, we just passed the midway point of the NBA season. No better time to download the FanDuel uh, app, America's number one sports book. New customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download that FanDuel sports book app. It's safe, secure, super easy easy to use and you can do so on your on your mobile device or on your laptop uh, desktop computer just go to fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more and don't miss that chance to get your no sweat first bet up to 1000 bucks make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba and of course some college hoops coming your way as well you want to make sure you get in on the action and fanduel has got all that up for you again that's fanduel.com slash locked on 
Continue our conversation here on Locked On SEC. We're talking with Blake Lovell, who is with southeastern14.com. Uh, Blake, remind our listeners what you got going up there, because I see your videos all the time, and I know you guys have all kinds of content up there on the website. Yeah, we got a lot going on. As you said, you can check out southeastern14.com. We put all of our, our YouTube stuff there, but of course you can go to YouTube and search for southeastern 14 yeah, multiple videos going up every day, football, basketball, baseball, it's all there. Obviously, this time of year, we're definitely leaning into the, the bracketology and looking at the SEC tournament and all of that. So, yeah, you can find it all there at southeastern14.com. Let, let's get into the big dog, Blake, the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, man, they have been such a fun team to watch all season long. Uh, Brandon Miller has been so special but, man, what a uh, derailment with the story in January, uh, the shooting, and then, you know, possibly Brandon Miller's involvement with the gun and all this kind of stuff. It, it just – it sucks from a standpoint of they were just this such fun team to watch all year. But, man, now it becomes they're the they're the bad guys. Like, they're the team that everybody's rooting against. Uh, where are you with this Alabama team, and, and how far can they go? Yeah, I mean, look, and the reality of the situation is um... – you know, like you said, since that that sort of came out, I mean, they've, they've not played great. Um, but yet, you know, they've been able to win three of these final four. Of course, the game at South Carolina had to win in overtime. The Auburn game, they won in overtime. Um, you know, beat Arkansas and then, of course, lost to A&M. But that's the thing when you think about it is they haven't played that great, yet they've still won three of those four and had their chances at A&M. That's just how good they've been this season. And, I think, you know, and I've said this a lot, at their best, and we, we've seen that this season quite a bit, I think they're the best team in the country when they are at their best. I think they're better than, than Purdue, than Houston, than Kansas. I just I just think the way they play, the roster, that's just how I look at it with Alabama. It's just the fact is, now we have the question of can they get back to being that way? Um, and, and I think, you know, I don't know that the SEC tournament's a great barometer to fix that out because we always know. Sometimes the SEC tournament can be a lot about motivation, and I think Alabama's got a number one seed box in no matter what they do in the tournament. Um, sure, you could be motivated to be the top overall seed, but I mean, in all honesty, I don't think it changes location, any of that, that much for them. Um, so I, I wonder just kind of if they run into a team like a Missouri, like a Tennessee, maybe a Mississippi State that needs a win. Um, you know, do they run into one of those scenarios where they struggle a little bit? I still, again, just for them, with what how their roster is constructed, I think they have all the pieces you need to, to get to the Final Four and win a national championship. Uh, it's just can they kind of regain that focus because I think that is something where you've seen them kind of slip a little bit in stretches of these games recently. If they can regain that, um, they can certainly be a team that's right there with a chance to, to play for it all, um, you know, cutting down the net. Yeah, and, and that bench scoring they have is so ridiculous with the, having a guy like Javon Cornerly. He can give you 24 off the bench. I mean, absolutely <laughs> insanity. Uh, what about the Kentucky Wildcats, a team that, you know, started the season with a lot of hype and expectations, dipped off, and then kind of find, found their stride. And they've had some runs here in recent weeks of some nice wins and, you know, even at times not even having a real point guard in there and still finding a way to operate. But I guess it starts with Oscar Sheboy. He's been so special and fantastic all year long. But some other guys stepping up along the way, like Reeves the other day, dropping 37. I mean, it, this Kentucky team, it seems like they're clicking right now at the right time. Yeah, it does seem that way. And you know, I think sometimes with Kentucky, it's easy to overreact to one loss. And it's because they have more than we're used to them having. And I think that's why everyone that adds on to it, 
it's easy to overreact. Like the Vanderbilt game they lost. I, I don't think you really overreact too much on Kentucky's side because that was just Vanderbilt again, kind of in a must-win scenario. Um, they found a way and give them credit. But I don't know that Kentucky played that bad there. Uh, and, you know, really you look at what they've done around that game. They beat Mississippi State, Tennessee, Auburn, Arkansas. Um, and, and, yeah, anytime you have Sheboy, we know how he can change the game. But I really do think it's starting to become about the guys that are around him and how all these guys – are fitting into the puzzle. You know, Cason Wallace, I mean, he has been, you know, for my money, probably the second-best freshman in the league this year behind Miller. Uh, look at Jacob Toppin. I don't think Toppin gets enough credit. He has been so consistent from a scoring standpoint. Antonio Reeves, one of those guys, just like we saw in Arkansas, can go off for 30 at any time if he's at the stock. Uh, I think even a guy like Chris Livingston has really started to come on. So I think that starting five for Kentucky is really starting to kind of gel in a way that can get them – deep into March. Now, the problem, of course, becomes, is Kentucky going to wind up as a seven-type seed? Because then, you know, you are looking at that possible second-round matchup against two. I'll just say this. If Kentucky winds up as a seven, I don't think they're going to wind up any lower than that. Um, I wouldn't want to be the two, because <laughs> I think that's just a team you don't want to see if they have all the pieces in there. Case Wallace is healthy. Uh, maybe Severe Wheeler's back healthy. Um, I just think that's a team that's starting to click. And, and again, you don't want to that team, I think, in your part of the bracket. Well, we go from Kentucky, a team that, that knows who they are, to a team that I don't know what the hell they are. Who's more Jekyll and Hyde than Tennessee? I mean, on some some days they look like world beaters, playing elite defense, getting stops, attacking the rim, and then other days I'm throwing my hands up in the air going, what, what the hell happened, Rick Barnes? Where are you on this Tennessee team? Yeah, I'm using the wild card. That's the label I've I've got for Tennessee. I think they are the the ultimate wild card at this point, and that's not great for a team that looked like a Final Four contender about three and a half, three or four weeks ago at this point. Um, but that's kind of what they are, and I think the loss of the Kai Ziegler was huge. Um, you know, they're a really good defensive team, but Vescovy I think can make up you know for some of that that, that they lost because he is good on the perimeter. But uh, I mean, Ziegler was. I don't know. He's just he's kind of that guy I thought that held everything together just at the point guard spot. and um, So I'm, I don't know what that looks like. I know they beat Arkansas without him in that same game. I know they lost at Auburn, you know, without him too. So I, for Tennessee, we, we say it every year, but, like, I think the bracket means everything. And, you know, in the SEC tournament, I think it's a fine couple matchups. They got they should beat you South Carolina Ole Miss. You know, I think they can beat Missouri. Um, that'd be a good game, but and then it's like, well, what happens if you play in Alabama? Like, is it is it going to look like it did the first time around? I don't know because I, I don't have that confidence in them anymore that I know exactly how they're going to be able to play. But they usually, you know, put themselves in the spot to be right there. But what happens if the NCAA tournament draw comes out and they're playing some pretty high-powered offensive teams? Um, can that defense be enough to carry them there? Can they avoid those stretches where they can't score? Those are all questions with Tennessee, and, and that's why I think they're going to be uh, one of the harder teams to figure out uh, once we and we know where they're going to be in the NCAA tournament. Last team, I, w- I want to get your thoughts on the uh, Texas A&M Aggies. Man, what a fun story they've been this year, uh, kind of exceeding everybody's expectations. We know Buzz Williams is a good coach. It just feels like he's kind of underachieved there in his time there at College Station. They did get hot in the SEC tournament in this spot a year ago, got all the way to the final with Tennessee, and then made that nice run through the through the NIT. But, uh, man, I mean, to be as the second-best team in the in the uh, SEC West this year and if cap it off with a win over Alabama, 
Uh, Buzz Williams has got this team rolling, and man, from Radford to Taylor, like I, I like this team. Yeah, I mean, you talk about a team I think you don't want to see in your bracket. I don't care what your seed is. I think A&M is absolutely that team, and it's because of how they play. You don't want to play the style that they play. You don't want to play a team that is just going to kind of grind you into submission, and I think that's what they do, um, you know, because of their ability to rebound, to defend, uh, to get to the free throw line, one of the best, you know, at getting the free throw line in the country. And you combine all those things together, it is. It's a grinded-out type game, but – you know, they're doing it in a way that I think even if one of those strengths that they have, if they happen to not play well, not rebound well, or not get to the free throw line, um, maybe their defense slips just a tad bit, they have enough to make up for it because there's a lot that they can do pretty well. And I think that's it. You know, players, I mean, if we talk about starting five. I mean, look at what this group can do with Wade Taylor and Tyrese Rashford and when Dexter Dennis is, of course, healthy. Uh, Henry Coleman, Julius Marble, like there is so much that they can bring to the table just because I think they have all the pieces that do fit together. And, you know, again, I think it's still even silly to think that a couple weeks ago there were still people saying, well, they're 12-2 and in the SEC, but are they really in the NCAA tournament? Of course they are. Um, They were never going anywhere. You just had to look at how they were playing. Yes, they lost a couple bad games in November and December. But beyond that, they look like one of the best teams in the country. When you really look at just their body of work since December the 20th, they've been one of the best out there. And, and I think that, again, they're going to probably be someone that people pick against, uh, even myself. Like, if I pick my SEC tournament, it's probably, hey, I may find a way to pick against A&M. But why should I? Because they have just been so good, and they know what they do well. They stick to it. They don't try to do things that they're not good at. And I think that can be one of the most important traits of a team. Um, you know, there are some teams in the SEC that try to shoot a lot of threes. A&M doesn't get too happy in terms of trying to shoot a lot of threes. They do what they do, and it really allows them, I think, to be successful. And, you know, give Buzz Williams a lot of credit for that because he's put them in that position. Continue our conversation with Blake Lovell from uh, southeastern14.com. And, Blake, just a, a quick thought. We saw Ole Miss uh, – part ways with Kermit uh, a couple weeks ago and the coaching search is on we've heard some hot names some big names Chris Beard (laughs) tends to be the big one there uh would Chris Beard be a fit at Ole Miss in your opinion I mean look if if we're just talking from a pure basketball standpoint if you're Ole Miss if you're another power conference job out there I don't know how he couldn't be at the top of your list just in terms of the basketball success that he's had um, you know, all the other stuff, obviously I don't have the answers to what this, you know, what they'll think, what he'll think. Like, I have no idea. But if you're looking at it from that standpoint, I mean, Ole Miss feels like a program that we've seen over the years, right, in terms of look at where Auburn was many moons ago. didn't seem like they were ever going to be in a position to make that jump from the bottom to the top. Well, they did that because they hired Bruce Pearl. Um, you know, look at how far teams like Alabama have come. Uh, even Missouri is kind of an example. I mean, Dennis Gates comes in, completely changes things. If Chris Beard's the next coach at Ole Miss, I have little doubt that he can come in and completely transform, you know, the success of what was an 11 and 20 team this season. Um, and, you know, I think then you start, Chris, to look at, I mean, you look at a coach roster in the SEC, if you add him to the mix, just from, you know, again, the basketball strategic, you know, standpoint of all the basketball minds that are in this conference, my goodness, um, because I, I do think he's someone, you know, again, everything's signed off on, everybody's good to go. Uh, if he's at Ole Miss, I just, 
I have little doubt that they're going to win. So. Yeah, and, and I mean, it would just be a crazy collection of great coaches. We already have a great collection of coaches in the SEC, yeah. but if you could take it up a notch even more, man, it's just you look back and go, well, somebody's got to suck, somebody's got to lose, and Jerry Stackhouse seems to be yeah. doing his thing now at Vanderbilt. I mean, it's it's uh, it's crazy. We'll see who Ole Miss goes with. Uh, Blake, thanks again so much for the time, man. Really appreciate the time. Always defer to you on uh, when it comes to SEC hoops. I know nobody watches it more and more in depth than you do. And uh, again, one more time, reminder listeners uh, about the website yeah i always enjoy the conversation chris thanks for having me on and yeah southeastern14.com you can find everything there and uh, again if you want to see all of our daily videos we have going up uh, on basketball football baseball uh, go to youtube search for southeastern 14 blake thanks again man thanks chris all right that's uh blake level of uh, southeastern14.com. Appreciate him joining us again. Years ago, was host of uh, Locked on SEC here before we uh, came over and, and took things over. So appreciate him taking some time, and he's doing his thing with uh, with their own website and kicking butt over there. Uh, quick reminder, thank you guys for making us your first listen every day here on Locked on SEC. Now you can make your second listen. Check out the Locked on College Basketball Podcast. All the insight and news you need this time of year when it comes to college hoops. Those guys are breaking it down better than anybody. Locked on College basketball wherever you get your podcasts i'm chris gordy thanks for watching and again making locked on sec your first listen every day we'll get back to talking some football here in the next couple of days but appreciate you guys for listening to our sec tournament primer as we get set for that uh getting uh started tonight and we'll uh, of course keep you up to date with it throughout the week i'm chris gordy it's been locked on sec we'll talk to you guys tomorrow